going on and getting over. That's the trouble these days. I try to get you off my mind, but it seems you always stay. If I could maybe turn back time, baby, would it change your mind? But either way, what's up, fam? This is Scott Smith. Welcome back to the Time Is Right podcast. It's season two, baby. Welcome to this episode as we go back in time to February 7th, 2023. Uh, it's when we hosted our first ever Creatives Concert, Co-Bill. It all went down at a place called the Story Factory Philly. And uh, to break down this whole shenanigan, we have a few guests in the room for today's podcast episode. First up, Mr. Jared Top, my Moses. Hey, yo. Welcome back, Jared Moses. First time in season two. Let's go. Hey, Millie Rock. It's going to be amazing. We also got Miss Emily Phillips back on the pod. How you doing, Em? I'm great. So happy to be here. It's always a pleasure to have you. And of course, uh, the legend that this whole episode centers around. First timer on the podcast, but certainly not her last. Hopefully, she will let us do this again. Leah Wren, a.k.a. Ashley Murray, is here. Hello. Hi. Greetings. Salutations. <laughs> Salutations. <laughs> um, we are super excited that you would be willing to come on. The time is ripe with us. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a great episode. Thank you for being here. Uh, we will refer to you as Leah Wren, your artist name. But can you just give a little bit of an intro of yourself um, as a first-time guest? Who are you? What you do? Uh, explain your artist name, because I think that's a huge part of who you are, and uh, how you got connected to write. Okay. I will say my biological name is Ashley Renee, and um, that is a very common name, and so I could not use that. Thank you, Mom. Um so I was like trying to figure out what the like stage name should be. And so originally it was Ren, um, which was like short for Renee, but also Ren is a small brown songbird. And so like I related to that. Um, and then also with, um, I think it's Matthew six twenty six, um, where God says like to look at the birds, like how much more like will he care for you and provide for you if like he provides for the birds. Um, so yeah, and then Leah came later because the name Ren was taken. So um, Leah means meadow, and so it's kind of like just a meadow of provision mm, for the birds. So good. Um, literally West Philadelphia, born and raised. Um, <laughs> I grew up um, loving music, and I always wanted to do music, but like, I preferred songwriting uh, and songwriting since I was a kid. And so, yeah, I was like, I want to do that eventually. Um, so I think I started taking it more seriously um, in high school and after college. And after college was when I started doing like open mics and I met Scott at an event. Was it, was it the Lyrical Cafe? It might have been Lyrical Cafe. Yeah. Yeah. That was and then you started coming to Creatives Philly events. Yeah. And Leah was like one of our most consistent open mic performers. <laughs> and I think most she still has. I think she still has like some of the most performances on the open mic. Yeah, we were trying to Overall, figure this out. Like Rochelle. We did that a couple weeks ago. Greg to Snow. Out. Just kidding. Greg hasn't been around that long. Uh, but Leah Wren. He's done yes. enough. Like, Leah almost, Wren's done For a, lot a while, like everyone Greg came to, he was on. <laughs> Greg Snow, the legend. 
And then Leah somehow is on, even when she doesn't put her name in, because someone else puts her name in, <laughs> and she doesn't know who to fight. Usually Emily. <laughs> it's, it's always me. Is it always you? Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. You did that to me, Brian? I always put your out. name in. Anytime no, you show up, I'm like, Emily. Leah, go put your name in. And then I see you walk past it, and I say, hey, Ren. <laughs> I really thought it was Scott. I was going to fight Scott. <laughs> no, I'm pulling your name. Like, I'm not making it up. I pull the name. It's there. I call it yeah. out. You come up on stage and kill it. You're always ready. So. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> that's so good. Um, so, yeah, we did a creative concert with you on February 7th. But to kind of provide a little bit of context, um, we launched uh, the Creatives Concert Series Actually, during the pandemic on Instagram Live back in 2020, um, on Instagram, we did people like Joy Ike, Namara, Sonovia, Rick Harmony, Abel. We also had Marco on that. Um, and then towards the end of 2020, we wanted to, um, well, I guess into 2021, we made a switch to YouTube. I guess it was the end of 2020. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the first couple were in 2020. Yeah, they were right at the end of the year because we did that creatives peak uh open mic virtual on youtube yes and then we had the the first creatives concert on youtube and the reason why we switched to youtube is because even though the instagram thing was very simple it didn't sound very good you know like the artists couldn't you couldn't really tell what they sounded like even if they had like the irig connector it still didn't sound good comparatively to what it would have with like professional level stuff and so we switched over to our venue at the time and we started doing these uh these creatives concert live streams on YouTube. And our first one was actually with you, Leah, in December of uh, 2020, like right at the end of that first year of the pandemic. And it was cool because we got to create something that is timeless, right? It still exists on our YouTube page. It's phenomenal. You killed it that whole night. Uh, but that was like our first real connection with you, not just performing on an open mic, but us saying, hey, we want to book you as an artist to come perform. Yeah, that was really fun. So I'm glad that I got the opportunity. So thank you. You killed it. <laughs> you killed it. We did that one. We did one with a guy by the name of Rockstar JT, who's down south now, but at the time was in uh, Philly. And then we did Peter Collins, who was always a fan favorite at our open mics whenever he showed up. We did a live stream with him. He killed it. We also had I Am Chelsea I Am from New York City. And those were our four online YouTube uh, creatives concerts. And then... Later on that year, we actually switched to in-person creatives concerts. So it's kind of like we tried this thing out on Instagram. It went well, but let's make it better. Then we did it on YouTube. It went well. But what would it look like if we did that in person? And so really at the end of 2021, we were doing Matthew Schuler, Namara, uh, Say So, the artist formerly known as Say So because it's John yes. Bolds now. I was going to say, yeah, John Bolds. John Bolds. <laughs> Uh, all the flyers say say so because at the time he was still it say was so. say so then it was uh, but if Joy you look Ike up say so on Spotify. We also did uh, Joy Ike fan favorite. We love her. She we we talked about her a lot on the Germantown episode of season one. Um, we also had uh, Peter Collins come back for an in person creatives concert, and then uh, we had Doc Hero, mm -hmm. and then we also did Joel Anset, Dan to Christopher, Quiet Thrill. Um, so in total, when you add all of that up, that's like 18 different creatives, concerts, experiences that we've done over the last uh, handful of years. But this year, coming into 2023, we decided, let's try something different. 
And I think a lot of that was mine and Jared's conversation. We process this a lot. Like, how do we make the creatives concerts more valuable? Um, even though they were amazing, we wanted to try to figure out how can we make them even better. Honestly, I remember that conversation. It was, uh, I was like at some event, but it, it was like a retreat for somebody that I was working. We had finished for the night and I was just killing time. And we had like a three hour conversation. I was almost against doing concerts again for a while. Just because, like, the the return of people, like, coming out and showing up to support, like, hadn't quite been there. So I was like, eh, maybe we're not quite at the level of being ready to go back to them. But then you suggested the idea of alternating. And I liked that. And we came up with, like, a good schedule of how to do it for this year. Yep. Yeah, it was kind of a thing where we we just have had such a, like, shotgun approach to this entire creatives situation from, you know, like, out of nowhere, we're going monthly and sometimes even more than once a month. And we're just going to do five open mics in a row. And then we're like, all right, these concerts are going to be great. Let's just do five of those in a row. And, <laughs> and it's just like, man, there's like no plan. <laughs> we're just like trying stuff, throwing darts against the wall, seeing what sticks. And I think, you know, coming in to after we've done 20 of these, it's like, okay, let's figure out a plan and a vision for 2023 for Creatives Philly that really makes sense. I feel like part of that was Story Factory asking if we could give them like all our dates for 2023 to them up front, which was a good thing, is a very good thing, because that's something that we needed to do, because that then forced us to actually like get our stuff together, get organized, which is what we needed to make these events better. We need to put the time in earlier on. Right. And the other thing about the Story Factory, which we'll get to, is it's just huge. Right? Yes. It's like four or five times the size of our old venue. It's it's a warehouse. It's literally an old warehouse loading dock. Yeah, and some of our creatives concerts at the old venue weren't full. Some of them were filled, packed house, awesome. But some actually didn't do as well in terms of the number of attendees. And now we're going to step into a space that's like four times the size. How do we do creatives concerts and then not feel like nobody's there? And that's kind of where we came up with this idea. Like, well, okay, what if we do a co-bill um, concert, which honestly we probably would have done years ago, but ho- shout out to Homestead Collective. They were already doing that and I didn't want to bite their plan. That's but, not like original to them. I know, people have been not. doing that for like decades. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know it's like a thing that a lot of people do, but we're in relationship with Homestead. We hosted one of our creatives at their venue. I didn't just want to bite their concept. Right, but when they right. shut down as a venue, it kind of was like, oh, we're not taking something from them. Mm-hmm. We're just taking an idea that we can now put our own twist on and spin on. And I called Caitlin about it because I just asked her permission. I was like, hey, what are, you, are you cool if like we do this because you guys aren't doing it anymore? She's like, yeah, it's a great idea. It's the best way to do shows. And uh, so that was kind of the thought. And then we had a lot of conversation about, you know, how do we leverage the platform of creatives for our ripe community? This is something me and Emily talk about a lot. Um, Jared and I have talked about a lot is, you know, creatives is not its own thing. It's a part of the makeup of what Ripe Creatives, the organization is, but Ripe, the team, you know, creatives is done by the team of Ripe. And so how do we leverage the platform of creatives to bless the artists and our team? Mm -hmm. And so the thinking was, okay, if we do these co-build concerts, let's make one of the artists a Ripe artist. Let's get somebody else that could be maybe a little bit more of a draw and let the ripe artists benefit from the other artists that we brought in. What did you guys think about doing it that way from that angle? 
I thought it was a better idea because it gave us a chance to actually leverage creatives for the artists because the whole point is to support our artists. And the only way creatives ever helped anybody was uh, 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 having them on as a feature, which is great. Like, it's great in its own hand, but, like, we run out of features really fast if we only used ripe artists because we do, like, what, three features in events? Sometimes that's right. we'd run out of ripe artists in two, three events. <laughs> right. Um, but switching over to the creatives' concerts makes more sense because then, it, one, it's just less time that the main artist has to be up there, and, and it's just better for them. But I also like the fact that the main artist's audience gets to partake of the, the ripe artist that we brought on, and we're strategic with the ripe artist we put up there to make sure that it coincides with that person's music. So if they like the main attraction's music, they'll also like the right artist's music. Yeah, for sure. All of this leads into us designing February 7th as a co-bill with uh, Peter Collins and Leah Rent. And we knew we wanted to have Peter back because we'd had Peter as a Creatives concert the year before. It was our most well-attended Creatives concert out of any that we did. We knew we wanted to have him back. Now taking him and saying, okay, how do we do a co-bill? Who do we do that with? There was a little bit of a discussion there of who is going to be the co-bill artist with um, with Leah, right, Jarrett? Yeah, we ran through like ideas of putting a couple different artists up there. We we I think we had three names, and then we quickly narrowed down to two. And then after a quick debate, went to one. Yes. Yeah, we were talking about Rashid. And the possibility of like Rashid being a possible good fit with Peter. And I think one of the things you said was like it was almost too on the nose. Yeah, it was a little redundant just because two guys playing acoustic and singing. With crazy vocals, you know. Yeah. Uh, and even though they are different, I think it was a good thought. Uh, Ashley obviously does a lot of different things, plays keys and, you know, has There's a just, little more diversity in the acts with yes. Leah up there. Yep. And so, yeah, we decided to go with Leah Wren, which you, Leah, what did you think whenever we asked you doing a co-bill with Peter Collins? Was that like, cool, that sounds good? Or did it like feel like it meant something more to you? Um, it was definitely like, why would you ask me? <laughs> um, I, yeah, I was like, wow, this is going to be an opportunity for growth. But like, I, I love Peter's music. Um, so when you said that, I was like, oh. Um, this is going to be interesting for me, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was definitely something I wanted to do. So yeah, it was great. Yeah. I feel like Emily and I have always talked about anytime Leah has sang and not to say that what you do isn't unique. It is, but we've always addressed like, man, is she not like the female version of Peter Collins? You know, it's not to take away from who you are as Leah Ren at all. Um, but as a compliment to your art artistry and your gifting and the uniqueness of what you do, Peter's an out of this world alien. And we feel very similarly about you. We're calling you an alien. <laughs> <laughs> I know Sonovia said the same thing though. She was like, Oh yeah, you and Peter have like such similar styles. I was like, Oh my gosh, that's such a huge compliment. Very I think, big compliment. I think like your vocal technique with like your runs is so similar. But I think that like your tone is so different from his like other times when you sing and I'm just like, oh, it's so good. You have that like that like Lauren Hill like like moments where I'm just like, oh, so good. Such a unique sound. And then you do your crazy like Peter Collins runs. It's just like this wonderful like modge podge of all these like 
influences in this one person who creates like this completely different like thing than I've ever heard before. And so like seeing you perform and like be comfortable was so sweet. But also like seeing you and Peter like sharing a bill it was almost like when your phone like suggests like if you like this then you'll like this person too mm-hmm. and it fits so perfectly like yeah. so it was good. like a no-brainer <laughs> it was a perfect fit not just from the marketing standpoint and like everybody affirmed it too i think everybody was like oh this is going to be amazing <laughs> and i think what was really cool was like people that have supported you or been like a fan of you i think because they saw you were with peter we're like, this is a can't miss opportunity, you know, whereas maybe they would have been like, oh, yeah, I'll see her again next month because she's always performing. This was kind of like a that's such a perfect match. And it's such a great opportunity for you to open, not open for him, but split a co-bill with him um, that it was worth celebrating and worth people coming out. And so many people, um, you know, supported you through that event, which I thought was that thought was really spectacular. Yes, I'm really grateful. Yeah, one of the coolest things for me leading up to the show is uh, we talked, you know, with with Leah Wren about uh, doing you know thirty minutes set, and you were like, uh, "No, I'm not going to do that thirty minutes. Why?" And then uh, you agreed to it finally, which your twenty minute sets at, at other spaces have turned into ten minutes. It's, it's impressive how fast she like changes her songs into like twice the speed. Oh my gosh, Obedience is like a 30 second song when she's live. <laughs> oh my god. There's a lot of inside jokes and sarcasm happening right now. <laughs> but but we, on a number of gigs, Leah Ren has been given 15 minutes, 20 minute sets, and she will take half of that time and then try to run off stage. At one point, <laughs> I actually remember she got all the way off stage, and then I went on stage and made her come back to do more music because it was so short. It was like seven minutes. <laughs> you did like a fake encore. You're like, shouldn't we ever come back and do a new one? Yeah. Because <laughs> she would just cheat the whole system. I'm like, you did not get driven out here three and a half hours to perform, and then you're gonna do seven minutes. Like, what are you doing? The my only time thing you get away is whenever I'm there and that happens. You do my favorite song of yours, which is like your acapella song, and because I'm just I love like, you, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Emily bringing out the acapella joints. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I I remember asking you for 30, thinking we might get 20. <laughs> and then um, I talked to Sylvia, Peter Collins' uh, manager. Shout out, shout out to Sylvia Porsche. She's amazing. Um, one of the coolest people ever. And she kind of said, how long is Leah playing? I said, 30 minutes. She said, okay, then Peter's doing 30. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, we need Peter to do, you know, 45, 50 minutes set per usual. And she was like, no, it's a co-bill. She is not opening for him. They're splitting the bill. He's do if she's doing thirty minutes, he's doing thirty minutes. That's so good. And I was like, All right, so I should go talk to her about doing forty. She said, Yes, you should. And I was like, Okay. So I went back, talked to uh Leah and I was like, Hey, uh, you gotta do forty now. And she was like, What? I don't know if y'all seen the TikTok where it was like, mm get somebody else to do it. <laughs> That's what it was. It was very much giving like, no. I was like, if you only do 30, we only get 30 of Peter. So do you want the people to miss out on an extra 10, 15 minutes of Peter Collins? Like, this is your choice. The crazy thing is she agrees to do 40. And for the first time in the history of the world, y'all. This was history. Leah Wren went over time. It was <laughs> wild. I have never 
in a I never in a million years expected you to go. You almost hit an hour. It was amazing. Yep. On stage, nonstop. Also, like, so comfortable with it, too. You weren't like, oh, I'm going to speak. No. It was like, taking my time. This is my time. <laughs> you talked with the audience a lot. Explained your songs. Your little opening of like I feel like Cinderella like as it goes down to midnight or whatever I like I was like that's so cute that's so perfect what a great icebreaker I was like everybody's like, so nice they're laughing at my jokes that's so cool <laughs> so good it's so good let's let's get into the actual night of the event as we're alluding to her going overtime and all that kind of stuff night of the event um, we have Top Mob Productions Savage Consultations Media doing video stuff DJ Angie is DJing. Um, we got the Pudding Guy and Great Awakenings Cafe there as vendors. And, um, you know, before we even get into your set, um, Emily and I did something for the first time at a Creatives where you interviewed me on stage. And yes, I think I did. you did a great job, Emily. <laughs> I yeah. think I said all the wrong things. That might be true. But <laughs> it was the first time and we'll do it again. It'll be great. Yeah. I think bridging the gap of, of Ripe the community and ripe creatives the the nonprofit and creators philly like having all of those things make sense to the people who were there that night i think was super important for people to understand like what we get to do yep. um and like the purpose of we're not just like throwing concerts and open mics to like entertain like there's so much purpose and like drive behind what we do and i thought it was really special to be able to share that yeah, if I we asked like how many people in here have any idea, have no idea what ripe is, <laughs> and almost everybody's hand went up, and it's like, all right, this is why we're doing this mm -hmm. because Creatives Philly, in a lot of ways, is seen as its own thing, but it's so much connected to the entire ripe community, mm -hmm. and it's only possible because of ripe creatives as an organization existing and the support that we receive. Um, it's not a standalone thing; it's a part of a whole of what ripe creatives is doing in the city. And uh, yeah, I think it was I think it was important to get to share that. So I was I was really excited that we did that well, and then uh, and it also killed some time to give you a little bit of breathing room uh, before you Child, had to go I up in front ready. of all them people. I wasn't ready. I literally like I was still wrapping my hair right as y'all were doing the interview. Yeah, so Darlene was like, "Yeah, it. you have like five minutes. You so have great. three minutes. You <laughs> have one minute. I'm so great." And then uh, <laughs> and then we made the announcement and. You come out on stage, and as Emily alluded to, uh, Cinderella Cinderella bars. Um, but talk about your set. You it wasn't just you by yourself the whole set. You had some other people accompany you and all that kind of stuff. So can you just share about that? Yes, I'm so grateful. Um, my friend Marcus um, played guitar um, for a couple of songs because guitar is a struggle for me. Um, so that was helpful. And then even just being uh, there, like as my friend, like. Every time he got on stage, he was like, breathe. And I was like, oh, my God, thank you. Oh. <laughs> I forgot to do that. I was that. like, yes, that's definitely <laughs> like, you know, supposed to be happening right now for me to be alive. Um, but yeah, so yeah, that was great. And then Nyla, um, my new adopted niece, because she asked me to be her aunt. Um, you don't want to know how many people were like, yeah, that's that's her niece, right? I'm like, it's not actually her niece. They're like, no, like it's actually they, her niece. I was like, no, it's not. No, <laughs> you don't have to be related to be someone's aunt and niece. I have a niece that's not my niece, but my niece. Absolutely. Like, No, they thought it was like her sibling's child. That's where the confusion was. 
I was like, no, I definitely have five siblings, what a niece but none is, of them have daughters. So, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I thought it was her niece until right now. Wait, really? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I told you it was 100%. Nikki and Greg's daughter. I get it now. <laughs> I get it now. Nikki's not Scott's my just staring at the floor questioning everything. No, but I, I get it now. When you use but the I'm word saying. niece, you just expect, oh, they're family. Yeah. Like, yeah. The end. Yeah. N- but anyway. Nyla is 12 years old. Yes, yeah, she is. And you guys have been doing some like different things together on social media, and you've been bringing her around. And I guess you guys had a conversation about like she didn't know where she could sing or something like that. Yeah. What was that about? Yeah. Um. So we were taking an Uber home from church, and she was like talking about how she never really gets opportunities to sing. So I was like, "Girl, I'm singing on the seventh. You want to sing on the seventh? Like." <laughs> and so she was like, "Really?" I was like, "Yeah, absolutely." So we went um to her house that day, and we wrote um we started writing the song that we sang um. On Tuesday, so. So stinking good. How far out was that from the show? Um, I think that was in December. Okay. Okay. So like a month and a half out. Month and a half-ish. You know, so good. That moment was, I mean, your entire set, I don't know how this could be overstated. You killed it. And I think like all of us would agree as viewers of her set that I was the most confident and comfortable we've ever seen you. Having seen you play in multiple locations with multiple different types of audiences and settings, like that was your best. And I, I'm not saying this to discount your playing, but when the fact that you had other people up there, I think is what helped you do better. Even Definitely. though you had times up there by yourself, other people being up there just calmed you a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you found you found something unique there. I uh, I was talking to Eva. Like during your set, um, during your song with Nyla, and and she like was weeping in the back, like fully in tears, sitting at the check-in table. She's like, Jesus would be so pleased at this right now, like not not would be. Jesus is so pleased with this right now because this is discipleship. This is like taking someone under your wing and like bringing them in and doing life with them, giving them opportunities and like teaching them well and. It's so true because, like, there's people perform all the time. Famous people perform all the time. And, like, it's just them. But, like, the fact that not only was this, like, a special thing for you because, like, it's your your co-bill. Like, you're on this, like, amazing thing with Peter Collins, like, kind of a big deal guy. And, like, your thought was, oh, let me bring Nyla into this so beautiful like that just shows your heart so much um and so it just made that moment even more like impactful and wonderful and not to mention she was stupid talented i was like girl i can't even do those runs what the heck that's what i said i said we had to put runs in it because i was like her runs are insane nasty <laughs> so so good harmonizing the runs just made me mad <laughs> yeah i was like what the heck is happening <laughs> But you're right, Emma. I mean, that was like the embodiment of our entire team's culture on display, which is why you've been such a great fit for us. Like you carry everything that we talk about and you live it. And I think Nyla is a perfect example of that, Um, even with like your social media stuff, you know, and I know you get strength from it, too. Like it's not just about what you can give to her. You you benefit from the space and being with her and having accountability with her. And like Jared said, I think it's part of the comfortability of how well you did that night. 
was that you knew it wasn't just on you. You know, you had the support of Marcus on stage sometimes, and you knew Nyla was coming up at the end, and you guys were going to get to have that moment together, and it was a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, people were freaking out. All the videos of that <laughs> night, like, people are screaming when you guys hit that first harmony together yeah. because it was so, like, whoa, this is different. Mm-hmm. So, so good. And I could even see, like, in one video, like, I could tell, like, she was smiling, like, when she was singing her part. And mm-hmm. everybody, like, started reacting. I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I love this. Yeah. You could feel, like, the warmth in her heart yeah. as it was happening. And then hearing her parents calling out her name. Um, man, it was so good. And you're like, man, she's 12 years old. Hearing her parents be the loudest people in the room made me happy. Yeah. Special. It was special. Honestly, one of my favorite parts of the night was, like, at the end, when, like, after Peter's set, like, when there was a line of people waiting to talk to you and to meet you and to hug you and to share, like, the impact that your music and your set had on them that night. Like, I think, like, we talked about how um, ripe artists get put on as a feature in... Um, the open mics and it's like a moment where they're able to like share something and and move on and sometimes like people respond to that and come up to them and like encourage them but sometimes that doesn't happen but this night like I think was the first time that I got to see someone that like I love and think the world of like get that recognition of like you were incredibly talented and like your heart is so beautiful and like what you did in your set like every aspect of it people saw like how wonderful you are and and they had the time and like the space to come up to you and to really like encourage you and it was so sweet I made sure Joe went and like started taking pictures over there because I was like these are moments that need to be remembered because like this is what like artists need they need that encouragement that like support and knowing that they're what they're creating is like important and touching people and and that they should continue to do it because it matters so good i actually feel more comfortable talking to people afterwards than like during the set (laughs) but like that night like it was the same for me it was like a continuation it didn't really feel any different which was nice yeah speaking of like stuff like that what other things stuck out to you about that night for you um because we we could tell this is different and it's not to say you're not always amazing. You are. I mean, everybody in Ripe would agree. Like, you're a cheat code. You have the wildest gift set, you know, and God has blessed you so tremendously. But something we're always, like, trying to build up is your confidence for you to see yourself the way that we see you and, more importantly, the way God sees you and your gift especially because it is so out of this world. Um, but with that, you know, you got this, like, thorn in the side sometimes with insecurity and I feel like that night, whether it was just the grace of God, the spirit of God, or just like because of the room and, and your confidence and preparation, I don't know what it was, but it felt different. And you commanded the room mm-hmm. in a way that I've never seen you <laughs> command a room before. Like it was your show, you know? Um, what what do you feel like was part of that for you? or Or do you just feel like it was God doing it and now you feel like because of that I, I don't know just i would love for you to share about that it was definitely god um but something specific was emily when i had first joined ripe 
um, and we had the meeting, she was talking about um, the Lauryn Hill album. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, like I've never listened to the whole thing live. And like literally days before the show, I was like just listening to that album on repeat only. Um, and it was just like, this is incredible. Like she's insanely talented and yet like she even said like her voice wasn't at its best because like she was so tired from like touring and everything and like she had to drink tea on stage and everything but like i was like i was sick the week before <laughs> the, the show so i was like oh my gosh it's so relatable so relatable um but yeah so i just feel like it was that was definitely helpful um and even just knowing that like my friends were like praying for me um and that I could see my friends there. Like <laughs> my brother likes to be a video and I was like, Oh, I see my friends. <laughs> I was like, why would I say that on stage? <laughs> but yeah, I was just so excited and just so happy to be there and just to see everyone. I forgot the show almost didn't happen with her <laughs> because she got sick. We were yeah, worried that it wasn't going to happen. Absolutely. She, she, <laughs> you had something, you had something, something in your veins, but uh, by the grace of God, there is, there is a healing bomb in Bethlehem. There's a healing. <laughs> we could just sit here on that on that, that front for a minute and stay right. <laughs> um, and it's not to bypass completely what happened the rest of the show. Peter Collins, amazing. Uh, if you don't Incredible. know Peter Collins, please go look him up. He's world class. Literally one of the best singers in the world. People who are some of the best singers in the world do videos reacting to Peter Collins singing because mm-hmm. he's that good. Um, so if you haven't been exposed to his music, amazing songwriter, amazing vocals, amazing guy, we've been blessed to to be connected with him. Um, and if he was here, we would talk all about his set too. But it was amazing. He's great. He's always great. And uh, you can find content of him even on our YouTube page, Ripe Creatives, if you're looking to check out some of his stuff. Um, but you can also find it on Spotify. Just like final things, like general outcomes you know, from the event, what did you feel like you took away from this? Especially you, Lee. I mean, we had a lot of takeaways as a team, but mm-hmm. for you, like, what were some of the takeaways from, from the event? I think just having that experience made me feel like, oh, this is possible. Like, I can do this. And, like, because my goal was always just to be a songwriter um, for other people. So <laughs> I was like, I'm just, like, performing just until I get the opportunity to songwrite for people. But yeah performing was actually fun i mean that is the first time i've ever heard you say that was that night that you really enjoyed it even the last song like i was just like this is just so fun like everyone's singing with me and it was just it was great i think like my favorite part of like lauren hill's live album is like the imperfections like how authentically like in the moment she is and like when she messes up, she just like goes back in and she doesn't cut it out. It's not like this like refined album and other stuff of hers is that refined stuff. But this was like specifically so real and it's my favorite stuff of hers. Like there's so much power and like sweetness in that. And I think like while you were performing like that, you being authentically yourself and like having moments where you're talking to them and it's like, oh yeah, that's Ashley talking. Like she's like being silly, goofy, like she's comfortable and good. Like it was just sweet to see. Like 
I feel like that was the first time that people got to see like you as a person who creates these amazing things and like get to know you, which is really cool. Yeah, I mean even the transition stuff because I think about that stuff as a as like an MC host of events and curating. Um that was the best I've ever seen you do that too. You leaned into the performance aspect of the full set in a way that I hadn't seen you do before. And I you stole the show. Like <laughs> yeah. I Peter Collins is amazing. He is literally a world-class artist. But there's nobody that would think, leaving that room, that you didn't deserve to be on the same stage as him. Oh, yeah. No one is thinking like, oh, that was really cool. She got to open for that really great. No, like you two are artists at very different parts of your career. But in terms of your gift set and what God's given you to steward, I think there's a lot of similarities. Mm -hmm. Like when you're saying, I think I could do this. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> we've been saying this for as long as we've known you. You can do this. We know you can do this. <laughs> um, any other takeaways for you, just like from the night itself? Um, I just want to say thank you again to everybody who's like encouraged me and supported me. Um, yeah, I was just so grateful and so like overwhelmed. It took like days to process. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm just yeah so happy. Yeah, it was an honor to have you. And uh, yeah, we got a lot of great things planned for Creatives Philly throughout the rest of the year. And so we're super excited for, you know, this getting to be the first thing that we did in 2023 was this co-bill with you and Peter Collins. Um, Whether you realize it or not, the success of that event is going to greatly impact everything else we do this year. And so even just the way you promoted stuff and the way you let your family and friends know, like all that stuff goes so far. And it just felt like this is such a good relationship. And why we are so thankful that we invited you in to be a part of the Ripe community in the way that we did as an artist. Um, and thank you for saying yes as the first lady artist, um, taking that risk to be like, there's a bunch of dudes and that's intimidating or just off-putting because it's a bunch <laughs> of dudes. Um, you you were willing to take the risk, you know, and say like, I know that they're not just trying to put me in a corner or something like that. Like I know that they want what's best for me. And I think Emily, your relationship with uh, Leah, like was a big part of that as well. And so thank you for advocating for us and advocating for her. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just excited about what the future holds and where we're headed as a community together. Girl gang. Yes. girl gang. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode. Uh, we really, really appreciate uh, you being a part of listening to this podcast, Time is Right. And ultimately, mostly, uh, most of you who listen to this podcast are people who partner and support Ripe Creative so that we can do everything that we do, including things like this Creatives Concert Co-Bill with Leah Ren and Peter Collins. If you are here and you don't currently partner with us, please jump on our website at ripecreatives.com and click the Give button to consider becoming a monthly or annual partner with us. Any support goes a long way in helping us produce not only this podcast, but all the events that we do as a team. And if you already partner with us, we just want to say thank you. Uh, To be honest, this entire podcast is just us trying to say thank you uh, to you because we don't get to do anything we do without your support. And so these episodes are really a dedication to you so that you're hearing about the ways that we're stewarding your generosity. Um, We love you. And uh, we're excited for all that 2023 has to offer. And uh, until next time, 
Stay right. Down. I feel something.